Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let me hear it. Okay. So I got a six pick parlay. Dalvin Cook, 44 yards. I took the over. Josh Allen, 37 and a half rushing yards. I took the over. Mm. Garrett Wilson, 69.5 receiving yards. I'm smashing the over. Aaron Rodgers, two touchdowns. Give me that. Yeah. He's actually at one and a half. So yeah, I know. So that's that should be simple. James Cook under. I'm sorry. I have him at 10 carries. And that to me, I don't know. I'm I'm very scared about that. You know how that's a rough one. Uh, that's a tough one there. And then lastly, Brees Hall under 53 yards combined rushing and receiving. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. It's a solid parlay. You got a little scary one there in James Cook. Yeah, no, it James Cook me. is the only freaking, you know, outlier in all this, right? Yeah, that one, that one's a tough one there, man. That, one, that one's a tough one. Appreciate everyone coming in real quick. Shout out to my guy, Don't Know. Houston Texans played a meaningful football game, Harley. Man, that, that was a fun one, huh? That was an encouraging game. We finally get to see mm-hmm. what the Texans are going to be on Sundays. And there, there's a lot to dissect here. Yeah, you say encouraging, and I have to agree. You know, the when you generally lo- lose a Texans game and you are the Houston Texans, you go on Twitter and it's just negativity. It's been that mm-hmm. way the past two and a half years. But after the loss against the Baltimore Ravens, Houston Texans lose 9-25. to The D'Amico Ryan's era starts with an L, unfortunately. But after the reaction was, yeah, I see something in this team. They look miles ahead of last year. You have a lot of fans already saying, we are going to dominate the Colts. I have to agree with them. You know, you saw a coached football team that didn't give up regardless on the score. You saw some good things from your rookie quarterback without three starting offensive linemen didn't turn the ball over. And for the first half of this game, you felt really good. And, you know, the crowd, the fan, the Houston Texans nation, they were okay with the outcome despite the loss. Yeah, for the most part, I think everyone agrees with that. Um, I think most Texans fans agree that this was an encouraging game. Mm -hmm. This was a game that you got to see everything come to fruition. Sure, it's an L for D'Amico Ryans, but, you know, it's a long season. We didn't, like, I didn't expect them to win the game, and that was when they had a healthy offensive line. Mm. You know, which now if I'm thinking about it hindsight 2020, maybe a healthy offensive line, we're looking at a totally different game. This team Mm. was only down one point. Against the Baltimore Ravens, a Ravens team that should be in the playoffs or knocking on the playoffs, and they're contenders some way, somehow. Yeah. All right. So the Texans hanged with them for a half of football. We had our quick little halftime spaces, Mm -hmm. and shout out to Cody and getting the spaces excited. Hey. You continue to play the defense you were doing in the first half. And if the offense can sustain some drives, 
they have a chance to win this game. Yes. They didn't. Mm-mm. But this was a lot to take away from. And, man, that defense is fun to watch. It's fun to watch. We'll start with this first since it is, you know, the biggest – well, the highlight of the Houston Texans day yeah. against the Baltimore Ravens. Will Anderson Jr. is going to be a problem consistently in the backfield. If Lamar Jackson isn't as mobile as he is, Will Anderson will have two to three sacks. He was being held a lot, too. There was times where I was like, why isn't Will Anderson getting a flag here? The linebackers look fast. Jonathan Grenard, hey, I'm going to give you your flowers, Harley. You brought Mm. up Jonathan Grenard on the past two podcasts of watch out for him. I know we haven't heard anything from training camp, but don't forget when healthy, he was a force. Hey, he had a sack. It was in the backfield as well. I was very surprised by this defensive line. You had a rotating edge, mm-hmm. uh, defensive edges with Grenard, Hughes, and Will Anderson. Obviously, Will Anderson's taking the brunt of those snaps. But Jerry Hughes did his thing as well. He looked fresh when he was out there, mm-hmm. which is what you want to do when you got guys coming around the edge in a rotating door. Jonathan Grenard, shout out to him, had himself a game, real good game against the Ravens. And you're looking at this and going, man, if you're getting that from Jonathan Grenard and you know what you can get from a Will Anderson, sack three TFLs, thank you, Dono. If you are getting both of that combined at your Mm -hmm. defensive end spot and sprinkle in whatever Jerry Hughes is going to do for you, you got yourself a force at the defensive end position, a great combo in Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson. That is something that we were all high on the secondary, and we'll Mm -hmm. get to them later. But the biggest question mark for this Texans defense was the front seven, defensive line linebackers. How are they going to play? How are they going to look? You know, what are they going to do against the run? Houston Texans had themselves a damn good game Mm. against the Baltimore Ravens stopping the run. Mm. That was never said out of your mouth for the last two years. It was horrible. Okay. The last three years, it was horrible. So the Houston Texans, to me, if you're able to stop the Baltimore Ravens, a run-heavy team, Lamar Jackson, uh, man, sucks that J.K. Dobbins got the torn Achilles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just sucks. Um, but, you know, Justice Hill and just the whole mobility of Lamar Jackson in general, you, you, you shut them down for the most part of that game, didn't have him ever get comfortable too much in this game. Houston Texans, if they sustained a few more offensive drives – specifically the offensive line, they're they're shocking the world on Sunday. Mm. Yeah, no, no rusher had over 40 yards. Lamar Jackson led of the way for the Ravens with 38. Gus Edwards, 32. J.K. Dobbins, 22. Hey, Zay Flowers even had nine yards, but I agree. This run defense was surprising. Shout out to the big boys in front, Sheldon Rankins, Mm. Malik Collins. Mm. They were doing their thing, and, you know, when as we were watching the game, it was no missed tackles. And I really enjoyed the constant rotation 
of defensive linemen, of linebackers, of the secondary. You saw Henry Tuatua very early. You saw Kurt Heinisch very early. And like you mentioned, man, they all looked fresh with the secondary, who were without Jimmy Ward. And they lost Jalen Petrie. Um, he was hospitalized with some lung issues. Uh, I don't know if we have an update yet, or we do. Apparent is he out yet? Uh, man, I have to look at Brick's Cabina. He did tweeted something out. Mm-hmm. I think it was encouraging, though. It yeah, it was encouraging. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. Um, but yeah, Brick's Cabina did come out and say something positive about regarding that. So. I mean, that, that's good to hear. He got need, apparently, from Lamar mm. Jackson in the chest. Started coughing up blood. So it, it was a rather serious situation. He stayed overnight at a hospital in Baltimore. So, you know, shout out to Jalen Petrie. Prayers up for him. He should be should be better now. So this is that's great to see. Yeah, and also, guys, make sure y'all are liking today's live stream as we break down the Houston Texans week one loss against the Baltimore Ravens. But Jalen Petrie, when he was out there, man, he was flying. He almost, you know, he almost had a sack. He was making plays. That's what you want to see from, you know, one of the captains on your team. Derek Stingley was locked down, targeted two times, one catch allowed for 20 yards. I don't think that was P.I. against Odell Beckham Jr., but Derek Stingley had himself a day. Steven Nelson had himself a damn good game, too. The first interception turnover of the year was by Steven Nelson. Hey, I said it all throughout training camp. Steven Nelson has looked damn good. And even Tavier Thomas, we got to give him his flowers. Very good as well in the slot, man. We were very concerned about him getting a roster spot over Derek Stingley. But overall, I was very encouraged by this Houston Texans defense. And as the season, you know, goes on, they are only going to get better. You mentioned, sure. what do you think about it, the entire performance? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Didn't mean to cut you off there. You were about to stop. Um, But, uh, I mean, Derek Stingley was, again, locked down. I mean, I've been saying it before, during training camp, I just felt like Derek Stingley – is having him is going to have himself a Pro Bowl season. Mm. I think he's going to dance around the words of all pro. Uh, we had John Crumpler uh, on here with us uh, a while back. Make sure you tune in to the Believe in Texans podcast where mm. you can check out that episode. It's one of our earlier ones. And he had mentioned, you know, we asked him the question about, you know, who do you think can be an all pro? And, you know, obviously he mentioned Jalen Petrie. The overall strength of safeties in the NFL is lacking at times, and Jalen Petrie could possibly knock that door down. And I, I do agree with him. Um, I, I said Derek Stingley, mm. and I, I have an agenda to push. I got my Stingley agenda to push because I have fans that are still sniffing up Sauce's ass every single day. They just get all up in there. They get all up in there. They're just face deep, face deep in that day. They all in the sauce, all up in it. And I just I can't stand it. Mm. I, I can't stand it. It's like any chance they get to throw crap at that pick, they have an opportunity to throw it. And I am so glad to see Derek Stingley. I mean, only two targets. That's insane. He was only thrown two 
advice. Come on, that right there is insane. And, and we're gonna get into that Colts game later. But no, I mean, yeah, man, there was a lot of hype around this Ravens wide receiving core. OBJ's, yeah. you know, first debut as a Raven. He did the Ray Lewis dance coming out the tunnel. Shut down by Derek Stinkley. Save flowers. Everything as advertised. Let it oh. receive in yards <laughs> for the Baltimore Ravens. And the way they used him, I thought the Houston Texans would have used Tank Dell. They yeah, targeted it- him so many times on third down. And they got him the ball in separation. They got him in screens. The Houston Texans on Sunday chose to run more screens with Noah Brown than Tank yeah. Dell. And is that a play calling issue, right? Do we have to throw some slander at Bobby Slowick? Are we just not really trying to put a lot of pressure on a rookie? But me and you were there at every single training camp. Harley, I'm going to ask you. Who was the best receiver there? Oh, it was Tank Dell by far. So what are we doing here? I would have thought Tank Dell would have been utilized a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, if I'm the Houston Texans, if I'm Bobby Slowick and everybody, I'm looking at what the Ravens did with Zay Flowers, and I am taking a page out of their book, mm. putting it in my back pocket. Um, no, don't put it in the back pocket. Actually, put it in the front of your binder. Set it right there. Plays to how to use Tank Dell mm. via Zay Flowers. Like, that is what you got to do. Um, sure, when they did have Tank Dell out there in, in the few plays he had, you know, there was some motioning with him, which I like to mm-hmm. see. I like to see some pre-snap motion with Tank Dell. That's just going to make him a lot better once he gets moving. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> but Tank Dell, yeah, he needs more. he needs more playing. I mean, he mm-hmm. needs more playing time, man. I need to see more snaps from him. He was obviously the best wide receiver in training camp. The play calling around with Bobby Slowick, uh, for his first game, it was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some plays where you nitpick. There's some plays where you question, like, okay, what the hell are we doing here? What is going on? Um, the pre-snap motion with Noah Brown hiked the ball in the hole defensive line for the Ravens swallowed Noah Brown like that was just sad on a third and Uh, one yeah that was sad you had another one where you went for it on fourth down and yeah Noah Brown again uh, he's just getting eaten up by I believe it was a defensive end that recognized the play could have been a outside linebacker whatever Uh, they recognized the play the Ravens ate that play up I Mm. mean there was times that it just felt like the Ravens knew exactly what you were going to do, whether it was when you went on for it on fourth down, the third and shorts. Uh, that is something Bobby Slowick is going to have to improve on. Again, these, this is just week one. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie OC. So, you know, uh, it is what it is. And, and I understand what Dono is saying there. Uh, I get it. You know, D'Amico did had some the game management and everything. What about I also eight think, minutes left with no timeouts in the first half. Yeah, Woo. I also think that young rookie quarterback, young OC, uh, it just felt like the play clock just kept going down mm-hmm. just fast on them. And it was like by the time they got up to the line of scrimmage, they're already there with ten seconds, nine seconds left, 
And there was many times where you saw CJ Stroud clapping to hike the ball Mm -hmm. many, many times. And, you know, and so that's just something that's going to happen as a young, you don't like to see it constantly in week one. You'd like to see more uh, preparedness into that. But, you know, I think that's just some of the growing pains you're going to have to go through. Uh, We hope that is something Mm -hmm. that is improved going into week two. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I would I would say he had an okay day as well. Yeah. Um one move that I just don't understand, you lose George Fant. Yep, here we and go. And you move Michael Dieter to right tackle. Doesn't have the build for it. And <laughs> immediately gets beat like a drum. <laughs> CJ Stroud strip sack oh. and you know what are we doing here, Bobby Slowick? Yeah, I was, I, I I was very confused. It was like the cherry on top to this, you know, because we were kind of expecting something from this Houston Texans offense. You know, the run game was not there. Damian Pierce only got eleven carries. Um, but when you're down fourteen plus multiple points, or you you know you're trying to throw the ball. Uh, the offensive line, you know, was the real outlier of the reason why this team lost. And C.J. Stroud was sacked five times. If he didn't escape a couple of them, he would have been sacked eight, nine. You know, I would have loved that, you know, to see a healthy offensive line. And we won't see that till week five. Um, do the Houston Texans go out there and make a move? I don't know. Dawson Risner posted a airport photo and, you know, someone circled the city of Houston. Is that a destination from Dawson Risner? I don't know, but I don't want to see my quarterback being sacked five times a game. And the Baltimore Ravens defense, they brought it. They were coming at CJ Stroud. Pause. But they knew that the O-line was a weakness. One question that I want to ask you, Harley, is, how did you feel about the Houston Texans running a lot of play action? It was the most I've seen in uh, in quite a long time. But we saw that C.J. Stroud was better in the shotgun, as as he was at Ohio State. He was in shotgun pretty much his, his entire college football career. I mean, we'll see. Uh, when it comes to a Gary Kubiak offense, Kyle Shanahan's type of offense, and, and I'd probably have to do. You know, I, I should have done that. I should have dig deeper into their offenses and mm-hmm. see the percentages of times that they actually had play actions, you know, whether it was back here in Houston with Coobs or Kyle Shanahan right now with the 49ers. Um, but, yeah, they utilized play action a lot. Um, and how effective was it? Because you only ran the ball 11 times with Damian Pierce. I didn't feel like they used Damian Pierce enough mm. um, at times. And I know the offensive line was horrendous, uh, but what's the point of a play action if you can't run the ball effectively? Mm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pin my ears back every time, and that's what the Baltimore Ravens did. Uh, so I think that's just up to scheme, really. Um, play action, again, was just something that happens all the time. Uh, three times CJ chunked it down the field, receivers failed him. Um, um, I don't know, man. The one where he threw it to Nico Collins and Kyle, I think it was Kyle Hamilton, was mm-hmm. just screaming right at him. There's no receiver in the NFL that can make that catch. I, I mean, th- there there is 
less than three that can try to make that catch. Less than five, maybe, that can try. And there was a lot. I saw it on the timeline all day today. I don't know if you remember that pass. CJ kind of escaped the pocket, was rolling near the sideline, threw it across his body-ish. You don't really want to see that. And just chunked it up to oh, – Dieter. Chunked it up to Nico Collins, and the safety just took him out. Mm. I mean – what can you do there? I saw a lot of people complain. I don't have about. a problem with that throw because yeah. it was right on the money. Um, yeah. It hit Nico Collins in his hands. I yeah. saw them complain about the Dawson Schultz throw where he was covered by three, you know, Ravens. The ball was in his hands. You know, yeah, CJ Stroud is surprisingly accurate. I have no issues with him taking shots like that if you could fit it in there, and that's what he can do. Um, but with his performance – I think you see something there. When he had time to throw the ball, he was able to throw it. And when he had to make a play with his legs, he did. He had about 14 rushing yards. Shout out. Got me some money on prize picks. Mm. Shout out to gambling, man. I just got into it. I don't want to get too attached to it. But (laughs) um, with the better offensive line, I think CJ Stroud will really turn some heads will really make some plays. And, uh, you know, as it goes on, we'll see more of Tank Dell. We'll see more of Dawson Schultz. Only four targets, man. Two catches, four yards. That's unacceptable. I mean, Dawson Schultz was one of the best tight ends in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys. He needs to be utilized as a weapon, and that needs to start sooner rather than later, right? I think, you know, it felt like Bobby Slowick wanted to give some, you know, some chances to the veterans, right? Um, and you know, it just didn't work out that way. One veteran though, Robert Woods, shout out to you. You had yourself a very good day. Two third downs were thrown. I'm sorry. Three third downs were thrown to Robert Woods and completed by Robert Woods. So shout out to the veteran. Um, another wide receiver had a good day. Harley Nico Collins. No, you don't say. Hmm. 80 yards, six catches. How do you feel about the wide receivers' performance in week one? I thought Nico and Robert Woods played well. Mm. Um, a little unexpected maybe, but, hey, I thought they played well. I thought they played really swell. Uh, Robert Woods was someone that it felt like C.J. Stroud relied on. Um, mm. Needed something to happen. Well, boom, Robert Woods, quick little four, five, six-yard catch, you know. So, And, and that's what's needed. You need something – Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Yeah, or whatever. I'm not going to get into UG Freestyles being an absolute idiot on the the live stream right now. I mean, oh, well, buddy. Go ahead and be a Cleveland Browns fan if you want Deshaun Watson. Mm. Go ahead and and get down there. Just like I mentioned about Sauce Gardner sniffing his ass, why don't you go down there and do that to Deshaun? He He might spread it wide open for you, bud. My goodness. Anyway. I do appreciate that, you know, the slander around Nico Collins was was uh, was a lot this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I just – I don't know. I, I always saw the dude as a guy that's 6'3", 6'4", wide receiver. Uh, he has a lot of intangibles and a lot of skills that the rest of this receiving, besides Tank Dell, uh, they don't have necessarily mm. – um, and I thought that with a better quarterback in C.J. Stroud, that's not breaking news. C.J. Stroud's a better quarterback than Davis Mills. Uh, so 
that to me should equate to better play from Nico Collins. Um, and we got to see some of that on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Overall, both of them looks solid. Noah Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Carlos. We have to use tight ends to help block and need to yes. run the ball way more. Shout out to Carlos. It was his birthday a couple of days ago. But, you know, with Nico Collins, right, I don't want to be that guy on pace for 1,300 yards. Hey, I don't want to be that guy. There we go. On pace for 1,300 ah. yards. Wide ah. receiver one. Nico Collins luck, man. Shout out to Nico for kind of answering the bell. Right, his two catches in the fourth quarter, one of them was on a third and 16, was one yard short. Um, the other one was like a little slant slash post, and he took a what 20 26 yards. So, definitely got into a connection with CJ Stroud. I need this to continue. <laughs> Luminaire said, Why Mills had his helmet on like he was gonna come in at one point? I don't know. But CJ Stroud was never the I mean, I wouldn't say never the reason why I felt like we were losing, right? He obviously had some plays where he straight out missed his um, you know, wide receivers. I gave him a C yesterday, a C plus on his performance. I got some hate from it, right? I I just felt like, you know, a touchdown would have been great. I mean, no, no interceptions, fantastic. But overall, CJ Stroud, I'll give him a C plus. If you want me to give him a B minus, I'll do that. Cool. We can push you to a B minus, I guess. Um, I don't know. CJ Stroud, I thought I think that C plus is fair. Uh, mm-hmm. there's also some throws that he had, and uh they were overthrown. They went out out of bounds, overthrown. There was a few there. I think at some point that the pressure did somewhat get to him at a time. You know, it's it's tough to stay comfortable when you know. As soon as I hike this ball, I got to get rid of it. And if I don't get rid of it, okay, I got to run. <laughs> you know, so th- those are the first two things in your mind besides, oh, wait, I have to actually pass this ball. You yeah. know, so the offensive line did him no favors whatsoever. Maybe that's what the fans are trying to say. You know, maybe it's an unfair grade because mm. of the offensive line. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, if that's the case, then okay, fair point. The offensive line was horrible. And the problem with this is we got to see it for three more weeks. Yeah, no. And, like, I look at the offensive line. I see third and six, third and 13, third and seven, third and five, third and five, third and seven, (laughs) third and 15, third and 21, third and 16. Ooh, that's a lot to deal with. This offensive line was a huge issue. Shaq Mason, if you are a PFF guy, don't go look up his grade. Let's not forget we traded for him in the offseason. One of the three players to get a three-year extension. Four pressures allowed. Did not have a good day grade-wise. Laramie Tunsil. Two penalties. Both of them on third down. One of them was on third and three where CJ Shaw scrambled and found Tankdale. It would have been a first down. Here we go. Holding call on Lerman Tunsil and Harley. I don't think that was a hold. That was not no. I, I'm about to say something. That was not no hold. Man. I that do was. not think that was a hold. And his false start was, I mean. Ticky tack. Ticky tack, brother. You Especially know? when I'm looking at that Thursday night football game and I'm looking at. I'm hey. looking at. 
uh, what's his name from Florida, Juwan the right Taylor. tackle. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. What, what I mean, I'm looking at him going, uh, I, uh, and he's already moving, man. I mean, what what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Come on now. So, come on, come on. That I, I don't know, man. The the two penalties on Laramie Tunsil were a little, a little bullish to me, but it is what it is. The whole offensive line. I mean, it was just penalty after penalty. Well, uh, George like Fan looked good. George Fan was okay. So we got I know PFF gave him a good grade. I don't know. I don't know what they were grading him on. I mean, I mean, it was mid. Um, I guess, I guess, in comparison to the rest of the guys you had on the offensive line, sure, he did all right. <laughs> I mean, if that's how you're grading it, so uh, I don't know what PFF's looking at with George Fan. I didn't see a whole lot of wow. Uh, but I, I will say this: uh, Lumineers just mentioning it now. Shout out to uh, Lumineer. Shout out to Lumineer. Uh, Jerry Patterson wasn't too bad. I was very surprised. You know, I was like, huh, six-round rookie didn't look bad. You know, I didn't really see. You know, it's always bad. I, I don't want to see the offensive linemen's face masks. Because mm. if I'm seeing their face masks, that means their whole body's turned running towards CJ Stroud. And I don't want to see that. I don't. That's just that's just bad football, and I mm-hmm. don't want to see it. It just sucks. We got to see this for three more weeks. And mm. this, you know, I know everyone's talking about, oh, man, we're going to beat the Colts. We're going to beat the Colts. We're going to beat the Colts. This offensive line is so bad that it can make you lose this game. No, I 100% <laughs> agree. That's why I'm screaming, go out there and get Dodson Risner. You know, I – and I don't – this man played 900 slaps last year. You know, was was he that bad of a teammate? What, you know, was he I, – I, I don't know what he did. No one will ever know except for the people inside the Denver Broncos locker room. But Dodson Risner is better than Josh Jones. And speaking of Josh Jones, you don't even know if you're going to have George Fant next week. He is, I think, right now questionable. Dawson Risner is an easy plug-in play at left guard. 28 years old. You could get rid of him in the offseason. But when you're talking about C.J. Stroud, and he got sacked five times, so by the time we have our starting offensive line, C.J. Stroud would have already been sacked 20 times if we are going off of projections. Mm-hmm. I am worried in terms of, you know, that gets to a quarterback's head. I yeah. saw it. With David Carr. <laughs> I saw it with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I do not want to see it with rookie quarterback CJ Stroud. We need yeah. to just keep on investing into this offensive line. But it just was not good. Wasn't um, the offensive line's been an issue for I think our entirety of the organization. Um you know, a lot of slander with Bobby Slowick in the comment section. I'll just say this. Uh, he can't – I mean, it's tough to let the offense flow when you only got two seconds to throw the football. And he knows that too. He's not an idiot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of implications here that Bobby Slowick doesn't know what he's doing. And I've seen it on the timeline as well for Twitter. And I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Like, what can he do? The offensive line, you're not playing – you're not playing at all with any of the guys. The Ravens know that, okay, 
this is probably what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to get the ball quick mm-hmm. out of C.J. Stroud's hands. So how do you stop that? Just play some press coverage. And the Ravens mix and match blitzes as well. We're going to make him feel uncomfortable. He's a rookie. Just push him out of that comfort zone. Don't ever let his feet get wet. And they did that throughout the whole game. And it really felt like, hey, the Ravens dropped like 15 points on you in the third quarter. And it just, as soon as the second half started, I thought maybe, hey, we got the ball to start the second half. Maybe they could go down there and, you know, at least kick a field goal and go up by two, grab some more confidence. Um, But that just did not go your way. Offensive line is a big issue. Dalton Risner is. Is he a need at this point? I mean, isn't he? I'll say this. Look, Nick Casario loves his one-year deals. I mean, what's wrong? What's wrong with giving Dalton Risner a one-year deal? He's a cancer. Apparently so, according to Broncos fans and people that are in national media continue to call this man a cancer. And I'm just like, I don't care what he is because I'm sorry. We need somebody to protect C.J. Stroud. We see that when C.J. Stroud has time in the pocket, he can dissect the field. He is accurate. He's a really solid to good quarterback when he has time Mm. and that's just going to help Bobby Slowick out as an offensive coordinator when he has time to actually open up more of these plays and let it loose a little more with a CJ Stroud so a smart man would think hey Dalton Risner sure it's not going to solve your offensive line issues but damn it a band-aid at least to stop some of this bleeding would be a very very helpful and if he performs well, then why not give him another one-year deal? Kenyon Green, you're back. Dalton Risner, you, Green, duke it out for left guard. Whoever, Whoever's the best man wins. And we just run with it like that. And if Risner gets upset that Kenyon Green, let's say, beats him out next year, bye-bye, I don't need to see you anymore. That's how you do it. I mean, right now, we don't know who's going to be right tackle. You mentioned Josh Jones. He could be right tackle. You could sign Dalton Risner, put him at left guard. And your center, as of right now, Jarrett Patterson, that to me makes me feel a lot more better, confident, than Josh Jones, who's a tackle, playing guard. Then you got Jarrett Patterson, who, sure, played well, still a six-rounder. Mm. And then you got George Fan, who has not looked good at all through training camp preseason and Yesterday, he was mid at best. So there's something you can do to improve this offensive line. And what upsets me is that you're not taking the obvious route. The gold Mm. is right there. You're seeing the golden ticket from Willy Wonka's chocolate bar, and you don't want to grab it. Why why not? Jerome T. Green says, we lost the game we expected to lose, and this fan base still wants to go into meltdown mode. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think we're going in meltdown mode just yet. But like you said, the obvious choice is to go out there and get Dawson Risner. Now, we were screaming Dawson Risner in the offseason. We were screaming for him once we found out that Kenyon Green was going to be out for the year. And we are saying it right now, Josh Jones is not the answer. I mean, shout out to him for being thrown out there in the fire and doing the best he could. Two penalties on third down. And then 
This offensive line is still unhealthy. There's so much moving around. You have to keep on bringing in talent, man. You cannot just let CJ Stroud get sacked five times again. Because let's say Juice Scruggs does come back. He has a hamstring injury. Those things linger. Let's say Titus Howard comes back. And what if he's not ready to come back in and it's just another week, right? You need to be prepared for everything possible. And I don't think anyone's in meltdown mode, man. Like, yeah. Um, not the case. We mentioned in the beginning that the that the reaction to this loss from the Texans fan base was positive. Like I said, we we're all expecting to go out there and have a strong showing against the Colts, but there was a glaring problem in the offensive line. Now we knew that coming into week one, and it got exposed by the Baltimore Ravens. And like Harley said, it doesn't get easier. Um, but other than that, man, a tough uh a tough way to start out the season. It's rough. It's a little rough. Again, the biggest thing for me is you got to see this for three more weeks, man. I mean, oh, my goodness. And uh, if anyone's having a meltdown, it's Jerome T. Green, apparently, just commenting over and over. Apparently, he's upset about this King Ransom we gave up for Will Anderson. If anybody deserves no hate whatsoever, it's Will Anderson. And that's what makes me laugh because Will Anderson is an absolute monster. He was an absolute machine. Will Anderson is going to be the face of your defense for many, many, many years to mm-hmm. come. Uh, he, I mean, it, like you said earlier, uh, and if anybody's missed it, make sure to check out the Believe in Texans podcast. You can like today rewatch it. You know, you could always rewatch it uh, as always anywhere where you stream all your podcasts and platforms. You know, you mentioned it earlier. If this quarterback was not mobile, if Lamar Jackson was not as mobile. Will Anderson's getting two, three sacks yesterday's game. Easy. 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 So, I mean, it is what it is. Will Anderson, sure, you did whatever you did to get him. Who cares? You got him. And he's going to be a defensive dynamo. There's people – I mean, there's local media that are putting putting those words out there that he could be better than J.J. Watt. And that's a tough task, and I'm not going to say that. I'm not saying that. The only rookie to get a sack in his week one debut, our boy Big Sarge, shout out to Big Sarge Media. Um, He just interviewed owners Cow and Hannah McNair on his YouTube channel. Go check that out. But he said that Will Anderson Jr. will be better than J.J. Watt. I mean, you start off week one with a sack against one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You have 16 more games left. Will Anderson Jr., what are you going to do this season, man? But he's special. Very special. I'd like to see more. That's all I like to see. Mm. You know, again, he could have two to three sacks if the quarterback wasn't as mobile as a Lamar Jackson. Uh, man, we could be – I mean, you imagine if he had two to three sacks week one. And then, you know, our tune might be singing like what Big Sarge is saying. Maybe mm. he is the next J.J. Watt-esque kind of player. There's nothing wrong Mm-mm. being similar to J.J. Watt. That, that's a all. great compliment. So, hey – if that's what I'm getting, sign me up. Mm-hmm. Try, you can have those picks. Sign me up. I mean, I'm down for that. Will Anderson, 
I am excited. I am happy that he is in a Houston Texan jersey. I can't wait till he's wearing that battle red. That's going to look sweet. Man, it just sucks that the Browns beat the Bengals. Why'd you have to go there, man? Nah. I wasn't even thinking about that. Man, that's tough. Yeah, Joe Burrow, they said, just didn't look good. He looked rusty. He didn't play any of the preseason, by the way. Um, obviously, because he was hurt. Um, but they said he looked rusty. That was the big thing that people kept saying. Um, that's national media talking. So who knows? You know, a lot of national media, they seen Joe Burrow has success. So they're not going to say he had played mm. bad. They're just going to say he was rusty. He played bad. Mm. He looked like ass. Mm. All right? I mean, goddamn dog water. Screwed over my third fantasy league. <sighs> Dumb son of a gun. I had him as my starting quarterback. Joe Burrow said, nah, nah, nah. Not today, big boy. You, you're going to get these measly little little five points. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys defense ruined my night. I mean, I'm up by 15. I I don't even watch the whole first quarter. I'm all right. All right, let's roll one up. You know, let's end the night. <laughs> yeah, I check one at the end of the game, 35 points. Speaking of I that. Knew it was- I knew it was crazy. I mean, the Giants were driving down the field. Oh, T. Higgins right had zero points. Oh, stop. Speaking of T. Higgins, will that be a free hurt. agent. Mike Evans will be a free agent. Mm. One of them is going to be a Houston Texan. I'm going to call him that right now. No, you just said that Nico Collins is on pace for 1,300 receiving yards, <laughs> and he is wide receiver one. <laughs> Why not get two wide receiver ones? Why not? Mm. <laughs> Two's better than one, right? No, I, I, I mean, Conor McGregor, give me, sign me up. I'm down for that, man. Give me Mike Evans, give me T. Higgins, one or the other, and C.J. Stroud with a legit, a legit wide receiver. Oh boy, now, mm. now we're getting into the, into fun territory. And as we come to an end, and as we wrap up week one, the Houston Texans mm. lose to the Baltimore Ravens 9-25. Harley, a few words to put week one to bed. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't hear a that few last words to put week one to bed. How are you feeling after week one? Encouraged. Okay. Dominant defense. Mm-hmm. Sleeper fantasy pickup, by the way. Shout out to anybody with the fantasy defense. People that like to stream defenses. Texas defense, not a bad one to look at. Um, but encouraging, dominant defense. Um, the offense is a work in progress. Okay. But uh, overall, I'm, I'm content with it. Um, this team, see, you know, we'll have people talk bad about them. This team... As, as it is every year, every all 32 NFL teams, they will not look the same week one as they will week four, as they will week eight, as they will week 16, 17, mm. and 18, and so on. So the Houston Texans will be a better team as the season goes along. You hope that your offensive line becomes fully healthy by week five. That gives you the four weeks to get away. In week five, you're having a fully healthy offensive line, almost fully healthy. 
and hey, Juice Scruggs could be back, Titus Howard could be back, and then you could be running on Diesel, mm. and then we could see what this offense is actually all about, and then you can open up the playbook, and then you can see what C.J. Stroud's about. Then you can see Damian Pierce feast and Devin Singletary feast and Dalton Schultz maybe even thrown a little bit more. So, you know, it, it's just got to be patient right now. We got to be patient. The injury bug is being a, a douche this year. Yeah, and it just took out Aaron Rodgers. Had to be helped off the field. It's it's like as soon as I put money on a player, bro. Like they like 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 do something 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 happens, dog. Something happens, bro. I I I I I'm done. Like bro, like regardless if it was ten dollars, but Aaron Rodgers he gets out on his first drive of the game. Like is this like like the football gods are doing me dirty? The price pick god, whatever he or she is, they they don't love me. Uh, like plus one and a half tutties. What are we doing, bro? Uh, I thought it, it, it mm. just happens to me, dog. It happens to me as soon as I want to put a little five dollars here, a uh, five dollars there. They now become the war. Isaiah Pach- Damian Pierce under 56 yards. Are you <sighs> kidding me? <sighs> Breeze Hall on his first carry just got 26. I have him under 53. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's not even supposed to be starting. Why is he <laughs> starting running back? I mean, Yo, you need to bet on Deshaun Watson. <laughs> you got this bad juju. I need you to be betting on Deshaun Watson, my guy. Sheesh. I don't know what to tell you, my guy. You know, I someone, you know, I, ojo. I I grew up hearing that. Man, I lost my ojo clapping, bro. But I grew up hearing oh, uh, that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up hearing that gambling is bad. It's true. And Aaron Rodgers on his debut is helped off the field. Nonetheless, man, as we wrap up week one, that is Harley, my dog, at the lead underscore Houston, trying to get to 5,000 subscribers at the end of the season. He would definitely get there. You can search me up on YouTube. Just type in 713 Houston Sportcast in the search bar. And thank y'all so much for being for here for week one of believe in the houston texans make sure you guys like this live stream and check out the podcast have a rest of a good monday night y'all have a blessed day dude thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.